At long last, Jack-Jack has returned, and we are going to dive into The Bad Batch, Season 3, Episode 4, A Different Approach. All that and more after our wee little ditty. Wee little ditty, ditty doo. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Kenobi! Rebellions are built on hope. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, Rebels. Welcome to Reckless Rebellion, the podcast with enough chaotic energy to fuel a Death Star all about the wars in the stars. I am your rogue leader, electrifying force-sensitive native to the Chiss Ascendancy, a.k.a. the broadcaster, a.k.a. Thomas Carter Rochester, and I am joined by the greatest mind the Rebellion has to offer up first. Our master of chaos and pod racing enthusiast, king of the hearth, the Kleinfeld. Remember, folks, do unto others as you would have them do unto yourself. Scarif native and Anakin's favorite Padawan, Jack Lisan Al Gaib. Guys, Dune 2 is fucking awesome. Jack, can I touch your Dune 2 popcorn bucket? <laughs> anytime, Klein, anytime. <laughs> oh my god. Um gross. I didn't get one by the way, and I was disappointed. What? Didn't How? They, they didn't have them at mine. Yeah. It, I'm gonna walk up to the counter tomorrow and I'm gonna say one Dune popcorn bucket, please. Extra butter, no popcorn. Thank you very much. Pa- <laughs> oh Papa Pews and I uh snuck in some five guys burgers. Ooh, I oh, yeah. you know what? Some of my best movie going experiences ever have been with a five guys in the bag. Fuck yeah. Fucking A. Um, I saw you. This is going to mean nothing for you guys. I saw the Corner Gas movie with five guys. Corner Gas, an incredible Canadian sitcom about Mm -hmm. a small gas station in the middle of nowhere in the center of Canada. It's just, it's the most Canadian television show of all time. Sounds amazing. And they made a movie at one point uh, that was like, they, it was in theaters for like two weeks and me and Gabby, we had to be there. And I picked up five guys and we sat down and we had actually, you know what? I'm lying to you right now. I'm lying through my teeth. You said five guys. I thought fat burger. We had fat burger. I know what fat burger is at corner gas. It's a, it's, a burger it's that's similar. Fat. It's very similar. I'm going to look it up. So two thirds of this podcast, 66% of us has seen Dune two. Um, you might call us Dune Two Thirds, and unfortunately, <laughs> the famous mustache Kleinfeld has not seen it. So no, we I have are not going seen to, the sandworm yet. We are going to avoid as much Dune Two as we possibly can. I would love to give a quick shout out. If you listen to this this uh, wonderful little podcast, one hundred and six episodes ago, on episode one, it was released a week after Dune. Part one came out and it's what important. year no, was that? That was, was that 2022. 21. <laughs> I don't even remember what year it was. Oh <laughs> All of 21. I think, I think it was September. Yeah, no, it, uh, it was November. It was the November, November hour. Um, so yeah. Uh, uh, wild. Um, our first episode, we made a lot of Dune references. 
some of us might make some Dune references tonight, but we're gonna we're gonna put it out. We're gonna shoot our shot next week. The Dune Two uh, Reckless Rebellion episode. We're taking a detour. <laughs> we're taking a detour. We're taking it's a real Dune Star tour. Wars from Tatooine to Arrakis. Let's go. It is. It is. Yeah, from from Jakku to Arrakis. We'll call it Jarakis while we're here. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> nah, we are very excited. It is amazing. This is uh, the f- same feeling I got when I watched Star Wars as a seven year old. It's the same feeling I got when the sequel trilogy picked back up uh, a decade ago. Fuck. And so it's like, it's really exciting to have something make you feel the same way about something else that you love. And so you obviously haven't seen Zack Snyder's Justice League yet. I've literally never Uh, seen it. No, 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 I've not. Was that the one with the mustache? Release the mustache gate. Uh, I mean, the mind's wrong about that, by the way. He meant Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Oh, that's a thing that exists. I forgot about that. Have you seen (laughs) that? We still haven't done that review yet. I they still have the R-rated version. <laughs> You're right. The only version that really matters. You know, no, 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 no. I'm waiting for. Part. I'm waiting for part two, the Seed Giver, or whatever they're calling it, uh, so that I can get the complete Rebel Moon experience. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't even gross. I don't Zack Snyder anymore. Uh, but uh, really quick, Netflix. A get the Avatar: The Last Airbender av- like uh, icon th- things for your account. B I got Charlie Hunnam from Rebel Moon online. I mean, the dude's beautiful. Uh, he's got a great beard. Uh, shout out Sons of Anarchy. But this week, we we might also review Bad Batch episode four next week or uh, episode five. Excuse me. Uh, we might not. I don't know. We'll we'll play it by ear. Um, we'll we'll let the we'll let the gods tell us what to do. We'll follow the force. But on today's show, we're going to review the fourth episode of the Bad Batch. And we're going to dive into some of the rubble report and probably add a little wrinkle at the at the end because uh, mm, I like one story more than everyone else. But how are you guys doing today? We got to check in with the smartest executor or 66% of this podcast. So we're going to go. We haven't heard from from baby Jack Jack in a while. So I want to jump right to him. He's looking so he's looking so young. Are you did you, are you Benjamin buttoning right now? I wish. That'd be really cool. You're looking, like, if I could control it. I want to say, Jack, you're you're looking svelte. Like yeah. something's something's like happening. Exactly. Something's, oh, happening. Fine. Yeah, you're looking. Have you been hitting the gym? Have you been exercising? Like, I I don't know why I just started doing Trump mimics here with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> no one else can see, but I started doing this. It's definitely not because I'm growing facial hair. And that is still the one thing in my life that I cannot figure out, and never will probably. Uh, I have been hitting the gym. I went to the gym today during my lunch hour during work. But yeah, just, you know, trying to keep in shape. You know, us old people, we got to, oh, you know, stay whatever. fit. You know, like <laughs> wash what we eat. <laughs> uh, I am turning. Uh, oh, it's March 1st. I'm turning 24 this month. What about that? It's pretty cool. You can almost rent a car. I remember two decades almost. ago. I have to rent a car for my honeymoon and we're, we're getting charged extra. When is your birthday? March 24th, 2024. That, it's the yeah. same as oh. my sister. That's right. We've Have talked we not talked before. before? Did we? we? We've definitely talked about it. See, us old people, we forget a lot. Yeah. You know, not, you know sure. us mid-20s people, you know, it just yeah. kind of... It's not yeah, like my I other podcast where one of the three hosts, or yes, one of the other three hosts shares a birthday with me. 
Oh, really? Is, yeah, Lauren and I Lauren, are born yeah. on the exact same day. I, see, she's, I don't remember she's that. She's two years year. older, though. She's okay. got that experience on her side. Exactly. In the accent. Oh, no. By the way, <laughs> Jack, you sent a text earlier. You're like, nah, all good. And my Australian series was like, no, nah, all good. And I was like, what? <laughs> what did he type out? Have you seen? This is a quick detour. So Sabrina Carpenter, Laura, or you know, you yes. know Sabrina Carpenter, Jack. <laughs> she, is do, she does this thing where I'm new to the whole Sabrina Carpenter thing because I was like, she took she took Joshua Bassett away from Olivia Rodrigo. I hate her, but now I'm now I'm I'm coming around. I'm realizing that maybe Joshua Bassett was the problem and not her. <laughs> um which I think is in fact the case because she can write pop bangers. But she does a thing yeah. during her shows where at the end of one of her songs, she like changes the words everywhere she goes. And the, the other day when she was in Sydney, she used the word nar like as a rhyme in the song. <laughs> It was so good. It's, she did, yeah, she does that everywhere she goes, and I. It's so fun to listen to, it, like see what she's gonna come up with for each city because it's usually unique. Um, but yeah, she's been she's been killing it while uh, touring with Tay Tay. The Swift. Is she touring Swift. with her? Is she opening? Yeah, for she's her? opening. Yeah. No way. Really? Not for the whole tour. Um, oh. I don't know how long she's doing it for. That'd be yeah. cool if you get to see her, though. I don't no, know. No, I don't. I'm seeing uh, Gracie Abrams is the opener on oh, I see Taylor. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm pissed because when I'm going to London in August, Taylor is there, and Tom okay. Drew and Lauren Rouse, my two co-hosts from Controller Club, are going. And mm. Paramore is opening for Taylor Swift, my favorite band up, of all time. Dude, that's Holy right shit. up your alley. Wow. So I'm like, do I have to go and just take a lawn chair and just like sit outside? <laughs> you might have to. Did you see the video of the chick uh, crying because Taylor Swift played Exile and she was I outside the, the concert? Yep. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, look that up. I don't even know that's what you're talking about. That's just going to be me and Exile. The whole show. <laughs> it would be you. I'm just yeah. going to be sobbing. She'll start playing Taylor Love Swift Story, which is her like, okay, biggest song ever. Go. I'm going to start crying. I'm going to be like, what? <laughs> she playing Love Story? Oh, my God. Uh, I did oh, see man, that. That's an inc- I, I remember when Richie from The everywhere. Bear sang this? It was great. I am going to a huge rock concert, uh, rock festival called Rockville in May down in Daytona yeah. Beach, baby. Dude, the lineup is insanity. It's like every band I've ever wanted to see that I've yet to see in live all on the same damn yeah. show. And there's no What's way it I called? Can see Rockville? Y'all. Rockville. In oh Daytona Beach. <laughs> I'm looking at the lineup right now. Yeah. Let me guess. <laughs> you saw Judas Crew, Priest. In Limp Biscuit, Foo yeah. Fighters. Slipped. <laughs> Limp Biscuit's the one they call me. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> I, that, I think that's on Thursday. Or Have you, do you know Primus? Are yeah. you a Primus head? No, I'm not, but I know Primus. <laughs> no, Primus, it, fun fact, did a full Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory cover album, and it is fucking whoa. bonkers. You oh would God. know Primus, Jack, as the band that sings the South Park theme song. <laughs> Yeah! No way! Yes. Yeah, wait. Really? I yeah. thought I had no connection to these people. Evanescence? Way, oh my god! Are you oh, dude, this is sick. This is crazy. One, one thing on this lineup. Look at I'll Thursday. Say Thomas. The second stage from the t- underneath the Motley Crue stage. So yeah. Disturbed. Yep. I don't know the next one. Just mud, say them all, because like that, I, my vein. I can't read it. Skillet, Flyleaf. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, like that's the stage that I want to go see that day. The, the name that I will throw it. out to you when you do go is 
on Saturday at one of the stages I'm looking at Foo Fighters plays Greta Van Vliet, Canadian yes. band. Oh, they sound identical to Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin These kids yeah. sound like like it sounds. It's, it's crazy. It's I'm it's so like excited. Led Zeppelin's making new music, which is fucking bonkers. That looks no, fun. One, I love 100%. live music. I love live music too, uh, to an extent. Like if it's not my vibe, right? Like I'm then I'm like, yeah, okay, I need to. But um, yeah, no, that whole lineup all the way up and down the board. I mean, Insane Clown Posse has like, I'm like, do I want to relive my 13 year old? <laughs> Elf and go look at it. Uh, go watch Insane Clown Posse. Isn't live? Insane Clown Posse the the like how do magnets work band? Don't what? they have a song where they they have a song and like one of the lyrics is how do magnets work? It's possible they they sing about a lot of weird shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really excited for that. Uh, gonna end up taking a full week vacation. I found the I found the lyric. It's water, fire, air, and dirt. Fucking magnets. How do they work? Oh my god, yeah, that is Insane Clown Posse. I, I thought that? you were. I thought you were about to. You were like listing off the Avatar: The Last Airbender. I was there too. Yeah. <laughs> Four thousand years ago, we were at a war, and we, now we're not at war again. You sound like South Park making fun of it. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Speaking of concerts, though, guys, um, I just bought tickets for me and Alana to go see Niall Horan, uh, former One Direction band member. Well, Never I guess not former, but um, great music. A little folky, a little poppy, anything you really want. Um, we're going to see him in Charlotte. He's he's coming down to Florida, but it's the right Hornets. around when my tap uh, recital is. So I got to go the next week. We're driving up to Charlotte for a night to go see him. So, yeah, we're all doing the concert thing. Except you, Klein, you're just getting a lawn chair and sitting outside. Too. No, so no, no, no. We've actually like, I've spent this year. I love live music and I haven't seen fitness <laughs> shows in forever. Just this week, I went and saw... I'm going to say a name that you won't mean anything to you guys. Sam Roberts Band, which is like they're a Canadian institution, okay? Canadian institution. <laughs> they have a song called Brother Down from the early 2000s. That was a big Brother hit. Down. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to see Vampire Weekend in June. I'm I'm one of these indie rock like... Oh, I know, Klein. Hipster I get boys you're, or whatever. You're, I, I love it. the rolled up jeans. and the. So yeah, I'm going to see Vampire Weekend. Very excited about that. Um, and then I'm going to go see Taylor Swift because... Because we all have a little bit of vanilla ice cream in us, but uh, <laughs> life is good. Life is How good. Should we get to the uh, the Rebel Report? Yeah. Should we Star Wars? Should we Dune? Dune next week. Star Wars. Star Wars this week. News, 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 news. This is my section today, Jack. So back off. Usually Jack does the news, but I've made the news because he's busy doing real work, changing lives, you know, forming the next generation. This is real work, Klein. Forming generational wealth for him and his family. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've got a couple news stories today, and then I'll throw over to Thomas for a couple more if he wants to talk about them. I don't know yet. It's undecided. (laughs) We're going to start things off on a bit of a sad note. Uh, A Star Wars video game has been canceled this past week. As EA cut 670 jobs, this is from IGN today, which was on Thursday, no, Wednesday, EA announced a major company shakeup that result has resulted in roughly 670 individuals or 5% of its workforce losing their jobs as a part of that same reorganization response Star Wars FPS in development game. Whoa, this, the, the, the copy on this news article I copy pasted, not great. Um, <laughs> 
Star Wars FPS in development game that was in development has been canceled. Following CEO Andrew Wilson's announcement of the cuts today, EA Entertainment President Laura Meal shared a note with staff explaining in more detail what EA's business priorities would be going forward. This includes her announcement that EA is shutting down an early development Star Wars FPS action game as a part of an ongoing focus on its own owned brands and supporting its existing games. Quote, it's always hard to walk away from a project, and this decision is not a reflection on the team's talent, tenacity, or passion they have for the game, Meal wrote. Quote, giving fans the next installment of the iconic franchises they want is the definition of blockbuster storytelling and the right place to focus. Not much is known about the Star Wars FPS, but it was rumored to feature a Mandalorian protagonist in some way. The fate of EA's Star Wars strategy game is also unclear. EA has undertaken the move in part due to what is perceived to be a rapid shift toward large large open-world games, massive communities, and live service games. IGN understands that the team previously working on this game will largely be reassigned throughout EA um, on projects like Apex Legends, Iron Man, the Black Panther game, and Star Wars Jedi, for which EA has confirmed a third installment. The Star Wars Jedi franchise will continue despite EA's move to focusing on owned IP, and EA is said to remain focused on its long-standing relationship to Disney and Marvel. I don't know what the two of you, if you have anything to really say. I know, Jack, you're not the biggest video game guy. I mean, we... Obviously, it's ex- it's exciting here. They mentioned we're getting a third Star Wars game. This sucks um, that they've canceled a, a shooter from the team that made the Star Wars Jedi games, uh, potentially with a Mandalorian protagonist. This is also the team who did the Titanfall games last console generation, which are so much fun. I would love to see that kind of running on walls and double jumping and having a jetpack and flying in the air sort of movement that they did in the Titanfall series in a Mandalorian project. It sucks. This isn't the only layoff story in really any industry right now, but video games particularly, there's been over 9,000 jobs lost at the beginning of this year. Last year was a record year for layoffs, and it was 6,800 jobs lost last year total across the video game industry. We are in March, and we are at 9,000 for 2024. There's been a huge culling um, in the video game industry as just investment isn't there anymore that maybe was there a couple of years ago where the, when people were in the middle of the pandemic throwing money around across the industry. I mean, Jack, you work in finance, you know all about this. That free cash flow just isn't there and people are having to tighten the bootstraps and people are losing their jobs, which sucks. I just, before I throw to you, Thomas, I'll just say, I hope and I wish that we kept these C-suite suits responsible and held them accountable for their actions and that they quit gambling with people's livelihoods. And Mm. these people are people and not numbers in the spreadsheet. And I think that it should be the people at the top taking the fall for this, not the people who work hard to bring these to, to line these executive pockets every single day. Thomas Carter Rochester thoughts on this one. I'm going to continue from that because, yeah, you don't need a $10 million bonus. You don't need a bonus. You don't need to be making a metric fuck ton of money off of the backs of people you're not willing to pay. People that you push to not unionize. Get the fuck out of here. Big wigs, CEOs. I mean, listen, Just I don't want to throw be it out guy, there. Like Bob Iger, too. The like e- All e- of it. It's e- ridiculous. Um, EA CEO Andrew Wilson, 2023, received a total salary of 
seven, no, sorry, $20.6 million, including a uh, bonus of $3.7 million and stock of $16.7 million. Wow. Just, just putting it out there. <laughs> Gotta keep that money flowing. Gotta make games. They don't have to be good. <laughs> Um, it's this I do want it, It's capitalism, yeah. right? It's the constant. If we don't make one more dollar than we did last year, this year's a failure. Yeah. Even though we're however many billion dollars of profit in the like in the black, right, Jack? Finance yeah. boy. Sure. The black bla- in the good, black means you're making the money, and the red black, means yeah, you're losing. Black, yeah. Black, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Almost like uh, sorry, coral, and, and <laughs> coral and king snakes. It's something like that. I don't ever remember the rhyme. Uh, I wanna, you know, I, I'm I get annoyed when I see stuff like this. Um, you know, my job, we're not allowed to unionize. That is like something that really grinds my gears because then they just push and push not and push. Allowed. And, then, and then, yep, not allowed. And then it's construction. So like, you know, there's not really a union anyway, nationally, as far as I'm aware of. Um, so you've got that situation. But then it's just like the people at the top make all this money. And then the people at the bottom who are literally in the field doing the hard work, doing the shit that nobody wants to do. It's like, oh, I'm so happy I'm not doing that anymore. They don't get a bonus. We it's like five hundred dollar Christmas bonus, five hundred dollars taxed Christmas bonus. So you get like four hundred twenty bucks because America and their taxes are stupid. So moving away from corporate America and how things work, I just want to say a Star Wars project getting canceled. Wow, I'm very surprised. Shocking. Uh, moving on. <laughs> shocking 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 uh jack do you have any thoughts here um yeah it sucks for everyone that lost their job i mean that i mean it's just just a shitty thing it's a it's a sad part of life especially like corporate life i mean as you mentioned Mm. klein this shit just happens and and it is capitalism really it's 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 the cycle you know it things are looking good we're gonna spend all the money here let's spend money here let's throw it around there and then things aren't looking so good okay well time to back it up but i i guess coming from an <laughs> my economics background in school i mean it's it's all it's all just a cycle i mean things will go up again and there will be jobs and then it's gonna go down again it's just kind of not saying it's the right way it's the way the world should work it's just the way it does um at least with how things are structured now um, obviously in a lot of cases, I wish that was not how it went, but here we are. Um, but yeah, in, in the case of star Wars as well, it's, it's a shitty, it's a shitty thing. I, th- this game, I remember when news came out about it, I was actually, I, I wasn't going to play it, but I, I liked the idea of it. Um, but it's cool to hear that. <laughs> oh, I said to clarify that Thomas, um, I, I would have watched someone play it. Uh, but it, it is good to hear that, you know, the the Jedi franchise is still going. I mean, that seems to be the biggest Star Wars game going around the past. Yeah, I bet you they years, do one so. more of those and yeah. then and yeah. I think they might be done. Yeah, and, 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 last week. and like, you know, cut it off when it's time to cut it off, you know, do one yeah. more and then that's it. And, and the other, by the way, the other thing about, you know, the layoffs and stuff and the reorganization over at EA, like it do, at the end of the day, those resources money are going to go to other things and you hope we don't know for sure of course but you hope that something like a reorganization is going to help fuel other games and and, and other new ideas to come about in some way or fashion so you know it it is good to hear that you know there's still something in the pipeline for star wars games but yeah it's it's overall shitty news it is funny that this is like it's just the latest mandalorian game 
to like not make it out. Like infamously, Star Wars thirteen thirteen, right before Disney oh, bought, yeah. like, and it was like going to be Star Wars Uncharted, and it was supposedly um going to be about Boba Fett before we meet him in the original trilogy. And then we have Amy Hennig, who made the original Uncharted games, went to EA, started a game called Project Ragtag that was going to feature a Mandalorian protagonist as a part of it and a group of bounty hunters. And that got canned and her whole team, that whole studio got closed down. Now she's making a Black Panther and Captain America game. Um, Right. And then we have this project getting shut down. It's like it's if you're if you're making a game where your character wears a Mandalorian helmet, like just just don't because it's yeah. obvi- it's like obviously not working it's clear the empire does not want the mandalorians to rise yeah. to video what game are they hiding <laughs> are they hiding uh next on the docket on speaking of hiding yeah speaking is of hiding teasing a star wars return which is absolutely bizarre and hinting that darth jar jar might become a reality uh, this is coming from Screen oh, Rant. Boy. Star Wars actor Ahmed Best has teased another return to the franchise, even humorlessly hinting that the long-running Darth Jar Jar theory will come to fruition. In a post on his Instagram page, Ahmed Best shared an image of him donning a mocap suit. As is known from his time in the Star Wars prequels, Best is no stranger to the motion capture process. What makes the post all the more intriguing is the caption, quote, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in, end quote. <laughs> Accompanying this caption is a list of hashtags with two reading hashtag Jar Jar Binks and hashtag Sith Lord. None of the, not only does this image confirm best return to Star Wars, but the actor is also making pointed jabs towards the hilarious Darth Jar Jar series or theory. I want to ask the two of you, what the f- what the, what is going on? <laughs> What could this possibly be for? That's a great what? question. I I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like, what could it be for? My thought is that it it might be for some kind of game. To be honest with you, same. I will say in Star Wars Aftermath trilogy in the books, which I'm almost finished with. Um, I actually yesterday, I think it was, there was an interlude on Theed Naboo and you find out that Jar Jar is literally a street performer trying to make kids happy and nobody likes him. No one wants to talk to him. (laughs) They call him the clown, actually. So like uh, it's very possible that we see him in, say, the next Jedi game, right? I doubt that. They're that I far like along this, in the process. This would be right? way too early for them to be, and, and that's what I'm saying. Putting so, him in motion capture for that. So next idea that I have is maybe it's something for animation because we know they mo-capped um, certain fight sequences. So maybe they need something specific that they want and they mo-cap it. Have they mo-capped anything to do with Clone Wars stuff before? Yes. Could this be Tales of the Jedi related? That's where I was maybe. Leaning. Like it, the most likely the only thing details that, the Jedi. The only place I thought this possibly could be for was we got news recently that they're adding. And this is going to be the like the most insignificant of Star Wars. They got they announced recently that they're adding more scenarios to Star Tours at Disneyland and Disney World. Oh, oh yeah, I was wondering if this could maybe be for that, dude. But yeah. then I don't know if the Sith Lord stuff like. I 
if if the Sith Lord stuff wasn't involved, I would think that that theory would have a lot more credence. But yeah. like he's pointing. I'm like, I don't think what he, if? I, I think the Sith Lord, I think he's just, I he's think just he's just caution with us. Okay. Yeah. I think he is, yeah. However, let's lean into that. You know what would be the best place to give us a Darth Jar Jar? Klein, it's your favorite fucking thing in the world. Visions. visions. Yeah, dude. Three. That's what I and thought. They, I was they, thinking, like, pretty cool. what is yeah. Star Wars Vision Season 3? And I think I've pitched this year in the show is what if for Vision Season 3, they were like, hey guys, you know how everything before was out of canon? It still is, but it's going to be Star Wars. What if, like, yeah, and let's like, like let's Jar have Jar fun was. there. So it's like, what if Jar Jar? And they've talked about wanting to do that with Star Wars. They've talked about yeah. wanting to have a, a what if series. So, oh my god, maybe what if that's it. That's I know. That's what I was thinking. It could be. Like I love be that down. because in the book they describe how like he, his movements and his gestures and the way that he. He does something that seems impossible, but he does it like athletically, and it's and it's something that we see he shouldn't be doing. And it goes back to the Dark Charger thing. It, I was listening. I'm like, dude, he's he's totally athletic. He's not just a dumb goof. It's it's monkey. It's the Jackie Chan monkey, uh, uh, the kung fu monkey form. I instantly thought of Jackie Chan from uh, what is it, Rush Hour? I think he plays the drunk monkey. Never seen um, him. What the fuck, Jack? Sorry, you're dead to me, Lisan Al Gaib. Uh, <laughs> you are not him. You are not he. Along with uh, the fighters, <laughs> not along with the fighters, <laughs> which you're not. Um, I got, I got so off track. Jar Jar Jar, give it to me. I need it. <laughs> oh, sure, mind. man. Be yeah, I don't that. know. I mean, could it be Keller and Beck in a game? Could, you oh, know, what game. I don't know. Yeah. When does Outlaws take place? Because that's coming this year, but then then why In would between. he be? He wouldn't be doing. He could it he be like some doing, mobile game, like some. You wouldn't be doing know. motion capture for that. Yeah, I wouldn't think that. though. Probably not, but I don't know. Yeah, I know that. I didn't talk that's... about it here on the show, but if we're talking about video games, I just want to quickly shout out the original Star Wars Battlefront One and Two <gasps> are coming back at the Huge. end of this month with online play, and I cannot fucking wait. I cannot new- wait. New I characters, new characters, yeah, new cool. planets. Plays yeah. Kit Fisto. Get all oh, the boys yeah. online. They're My adding girl? online to it, so you can play with your friends around the world. Yeah, Asajj is going to be in it. Yeah, it's gonna be so good. Uh, uh, and uh, Ala Sakura. And Ala Sakura. Thomas, do you have any news stories you want to throw out there? I have Thomas. one really big one because this is something that we have we we have we have discussed a lot here on this show. Something specific that we discuss. And it's not the hypest of news stories here. The Mandalorian and Grogu's tax credits and production details both suggest the Star Wars movie will be budgeting less than previous seasons of the TV show and will likely be utilizing the volume soundstage to fit into the four-month production period. This comes from Screen Rant, uh, which their source is Deadline. Uh, I just read that. That's the the tweet. I don't really know if there's any more information we need to dive into for the, from the source that we are citing right now. Um, do you have more on this, Lisa and I? Lisa and I, Yes, just the tax credit stuff. So, oh yeah, hit me with that. Um, the Mandalorian and Grogu 
God, I just, that title. The Great Escape. Uh, <laughs> tax credits and production details both suggest stars may be budgeting. Okay, that was just a tweet. Um, they got like the biggest tax credit that the state of California has like seen well, for yeah. a production or something. They've been oh. in all the stars movies have been in London for the last decade. They're like, bring this back home, please. So, right. So ooh. definitely, look. The state of California does not just imply LA and it does not just no. imply the volume. A, okay. Indoor. But it doesn't not. Well, indoor was in California. <laughs> exactly. But it doesn't not, not like imply those things. It no, does. They're def- dude, John sucks, Favreau is dude. the volume guy. Are you kidding yeah. me? He's directing this movie. This thing is going to be shot on a soundstage with the volume behind it. There's, they're not going to the Redwoods. Everyone's settled down. They're not going to go find the dunes in Northern California. This is going to be shot in but Studio City somewhere. Here's the thing, though. If they, I'm, hol- I, I'm not holding out hope, but yes, the volume's there. But then if they also build some sets like yeah it might just be on a set in, in like so, at some studio at some well, studio we know what the studio is but yeah. like they could still build sets and like like i mean a lot of like in, and all like, was shot on location but like i remember you know the the 10 featurettes that we got behind the scenes stuff like you know it's there were sets everywhere and yeah, yeah. it's almost like day the end or season two featurettes that's what i want to know <laughs> yeah yeah what the fuck <laughs> let's um, get on it you're right and one thing that popped into my head is they shot um Tanalore? That ain't the right name. Wayland? That's not it. Anyway, whatever that planet was when Boba Fett shows up in his armor to save Grogu and Mando right before Grogu gets kidnapped. Oh. That planet, um, t- it starts with a T. Toth? No. It does. Um, no, it's, like, it's not Titan, but it's like um, t- anyways, yeah, you were Tantis. No. Is it Tantis? No, Tantis is from Bad Batch. Panelor, it's not. Anyways, anyways, uh, when you got it, so it, that was shot outside, like that wasn't volume. They found a spot and they shot that whole sequence on location. So there's a chance that we could get some stuff like that. Tython, um, Tython, yes, man. I need to go back and listen to the Bane books. I've, I've, I've lost my way. I've lost my way. So. You know, I, I think it's just volume and I'm not hype about it, but you've yeah. given me hope, young sir, that perhaps, mayhap, maybe it'll be a little bit better. Um, the, my, the only the only yeah. reason I would have any hope is because it is Jon Favreau. And I don't remember the last one he directed, but I know for a fact he directed episode one of season two of Mandalorian, which was shot spectacularly. And in, at the end of the day, this is still the guy who did Iron Man. This is still the guy who did Jungle Book, and, and I know like versus aliens and cowboys, but like and elf, he and he school. knows how to shoot a film. It, you know, it's not like it's not like they got you know some just you know TV director who's done Mandalorian episodes. Like, all right, here, let's thrust him into a live action movie. He knows how to shoot on film. And one of my biggest chef, complaints, for God's sakes, goddamn right, Klein, goddamn right. <laughs> like, I one of my biggest issues with Star Wars, Disney Plus Star Wars, and, and now even some of what I've seen with Netflix's Avatar The Last Airbender live action and, and Percy Jackson, with the way these things are shot, it just feels so static. It just mm-hmm. feels so, it, so it feels plain. Dead. It yeah. does feel dead. There's nothing alive to it. And, and even some of the lighting with it, it just, it doesn't feel, <laughs> it feels like someone's just like standing on set with a ca- holding a camera and just says, don't move. 
or like if you move, just take a two steps to the left and then take two steps to the right. Like it, there's just nothing dynamic about the way it's shot. And I look, I'm not a filmmaker. I don't understand these things, but I know what I see when I see something on screen versus a lot of these other shows like Andor. And it's like, why can't we get that? And so I'm just, I'm so sick of it. And I, I have hope that because this is a movie that they will level up. And by the way, I looked it up. The Mandalorian costs 15 million per episode. This is coming from movie web. And I don't know if it's season one, two or what, but if, if 15 million per episode, I don't know how much that is, you know, for eight episodes or if it's, Times two eight, it's $120 million. Okay. So if they're going a little less than that, I mean, I'm not going to complain too much if the budget is a little lower because it increases the chances of it making more money or they don't have to make as much to, to make a profit. So I get it from that perspective. And we know Bob Iger is trying to cut back, but if they're scaling back a little bit, it's like, I'd rather them do it for the Mandalorian and Grogu versus like the Ray movie or, or Dave Filoni's culmination movie where, you know, maybe go a little bit more all out, but this is star Wars return to theaters. You don't know quite what to expect. You're hoping for a hit, but, it, Star Wars is in such a weird place. I, I don't mind the scaling back a little bit. Now, <laughs> do I necessarily want the volume nonstop? No, but I guess it is what it is. We'll have to see what they There's do. Been, we have seen, like, we, we do a lot of volume bashing here on the show, but, like, we have seen it used in ways that didn't that didn't bug any of us. Like, Batman. Oh, that's Susan. what I was going to call out. The Batman was the House one that the I Dragon. Would... Yep. You can't say anything, Clangs. You haven't seen yeah, it. I've seen the first, I've seen the first episode. <laughs> um, the Mandalorian season one and two. I mean, yeah, there were certainly Mandalorian moments where it wasn't one. as good, and you can see it. Looking I think back the Batman it. is the best example. Is is For like sure. what you can't like the the lighting in that. There are sequences where the specifically the Batman sequence where it's Pattinson and Kravitz up on top of that roof as the sun's yeah. coming up, and that's a hundred percent volume, and it looks spectacular it looks amazing but you know why because you had greg fucking frazier and that's why mando season one looks so good because he was also the dp for that and he is a dp for freaking dune and dune 2 it's just so, so hard get the right people involved it's and you can make so it work. incredibly hard watching bring him back and this week <laughs> i just want to i want to mention it shogun came out on hulu in the states disney plus here in canada the scale of this show is it's incredible. I have never seen anything like it. it it's it is Game of Thrones esque in that. And I'm watching it and I'm sitting there going, How are the how why why do my Star Wars shows not look like this? Because right. it is just like I'm watching it going, like, look at what we could have. Like it it can be done. I don't think that show was made for $500 million. I think that I don't know for sure, but F everyone's in these tight financial constraints right now. I'm sure FX didn't lay out oh, half a billion creator. dollars. Look at the creator. What? Look at the creator. Dollars? Exactly. It can be done. What's going on? Like, is it, is it just a, is it a, I don't want to wrap it up to this because I know there are creatives involved who are passionate, but is it just a, Oh, it's good enough. Like it, we don't care. It I don't might know. Be. I you don't might, know. Or, or, you know what? And look, I, again, like you said, like not to bash anybody, maybe you just don't have the right people involved or they're just not, they're not ready for that next step. I don't know. But like you said, Klein, it's doable. We see it. 
And it's to a point now where we care enough to be like, okay, we're sick of this shit. Like, uh, I feel like 2021, 2022, I was willing to forgive it a little bit more. But no, no, and no more just throwing money around. Why do these, why do these shows and episodes cost so fucking much, yet you can't make it look nearly as good as this other stuff that costs less and looks fantastic? I don't know. It's so frustrating. It, it, like, it's too, it's genuinely to a point, like, Thomas, like, I, tr- I didn't start Avatar live action from the beginning, but I, Alana has been watching it and she really likes it. Um, and I was watching just a few episodes and I just, I get that same feeling I've gotten from all the Disney plus shows. And I'm just so sick. Like it takes me out of it at this point. So, okay. Small avatar tangent real fast. Let's do it. You need to just watch, watch it all the way through. There are horrible. What? I watched a whole episode. Episode. What episode? What episode? <laughs> Boomy, you watched the worst fucking episode. Oh, he was. I, no offense to the actor, he did a job. I think he did a bad job. <laughs> he, I just, I think he did exactly what he was given, and I don't like. I don't like the character Boomy in the animation. Everyone's like, "Oh, he's so fun and silly." I'm like, I like him. He's in fucking annoying. He annoys me. He gets under my skin. Which is what he's trying to do to Aang. So I get it. But like he's trying too hard. I felt like, literally I the worst episode in my opinion. That is my least favorite episode. And it, it in general. Uh, but watch from episode one and then watch it all the way through. And you will see the CGI differences front and back, front and back. Whenever they're traveling, it looks like ass. Whenever there's a CGI person, I genuinely want to vomit because it breaks three levels of uncanny valley that my stomach, my stomach cannot handle. Then you get to the final episode and it's like, well, that's where they put all the budget. And that's how it works. That's the way it works sometimes in these series. But if we're just going to talk about looks, we're always going to be pissed off because even Iron Man hasn't looked super great in some shots in some movies. And and when you have it still holds up. Sometimes. I, not in the, I'm not I'm not talking I'm not talking like the first movie I'm talking over the decade that he shows up sometimes oh, it's oh I agree I Civil mean. War like, there's some shots in Civil oh, War yeah. like, oh, and that's oh. what I mean like you take Iron Man you, and spread it out throughout the whole thing it's like eh, it's not always perfect uh, same with I don't know if you ever noticed this Thanos looks amazing his shoulders anatomically incorrect when he sits down I'm just <laughs> saying it's bothered me for years and I'm gonna say it now his shoulders roll in extra and it shouldn't because he loses lines and it's but what but in terms of like the avatar specifically the feel the heart of the show is still there and i think that's yeah. something that we need to at least that's my biggest hope i don't i'm really not i don't know how i i'm i'm numb to the mandalorian and grogu movie but i'm hoping that the heart and the feeling i get when watching a star wars movie is there because that is something that I didn't feel in Rise of Skywalker, the last Star Wars movie that came out. And that's it's, where I am like gun shy, I would say. It's real quick on Avatar. The other thing I have an issue with is also the makeup and hairstyling. Um, I think it's awful. Um, I'm like, God, that's a wig. Like specifically Uncle Iroh, I've seen pictures of Amber Midthunder um, as Princess... UA. UA. Thank you. Um, and the wig just looks horrible. And, you know, 
it's little things like that where it just it just feels like let's put in the care put i don't know put in more of the care and, and more of the money in, into things like that because i agree with you thomas the episode with boomy it still had the heart it still had the yeah. like I, by the end of the episode i was like oh man like that feels like classic avatar um mm-hmm. but I'm just kind of over when I have some something like I haven't seen Shogun, but show I know Shogun's out there. I've seen clips from it. When you have something like Stranger Things, mm. even Stranger Things mm. season one, it's just like, yeah. wh- why can't we like Stranger Things? Why can't we? T- you know that has heart. That has a great story. And then you add on the fact it does look great. Does it, are there certain moments? Sure, but it still looks great and feels great. It's like why can't why can't we get to that next level with some of these other shows? I, I really don't know. Anyway, we spent too long on follow-up question on wigs, uh, Jack. Yeah, did the wigs and House of the Dragon take you out of it? Um, no, no. Uh, there were a couple, definitely. Especially um, when the dragons wore them. Because I, I oh my god, yeah, the dragon <laughs> wig. Oh man, it was so cool. Talk about dressing a dragon. Because uh, the reason I say that is I didn't think about the wigs until you pointed it out to me on Avatar. Uh, I mean, obviously, Princess Yue is a fucking wig. Like the hairstyle alone is ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but then there are other, uh, like House of the Dragon. I noticed immediately. I was like, oh, that's a bad wig. That's not like obviously it's a wig, but it's not like a good wig, like a good lace front cosplay wig. That's like fucking party city horsehair synthetic situation going on it's all how it hits you and, and so like it's just my I, my opinion i didn't i never really felt that way there was definitely one or two wigs that did stand out i can't remember who they were um but it's also just the way it's not just the way it looks like like daenerys targaryen that wig always looked like a wig but yeah. the way it sat on her head mm. It did. It, it it took that feeling away from me. That's I fair. see Princess Yue, her, dude. The wig is like halfway down her forehead. Like it's like I'm wearing a hat right now. It was like her hair started right above her eyebrow. It, that, that's an exaggeration, but that's how it felt. And I'm like, come on, guys. Like it's get up a little bit more. So it, it's not just the way it looks. Oh, it, it's also the way it, it looks and fits on the person. So I don't know. That's, that's just, fair. All right. It's a very small nitpick, but it when you it it, it adds up. These little things they they do add up. Star Wars, A- Avatar, Klein. What do we do here on this on this here sh- show? What do we do here when we talk about the news? Who, Who do we give credit to? The original source. <laughs> Cite your sources, kids. Eat your vegetables. Listen to your parents. Right, Jack. Always. You know, I'm thinking about doing a. Um, for those that don't know. Um, Tucker Carlson interviewed Vladimir Putin. Putin, sure. <laughs> yeah, he did. And <laughs> wait, really? I genuinely thought the way it was written, like his intro before the interview, it felt like a sketch. Like it felt like I was watching an SNL sketch. But no, he actually interviewed the guy, huh. <laughs> and then was talking about grocery prices in Russia and how maybe it's maybe Russia's not that bad. Um. 
I really want to do like a sketch, uh, like a, like a, a segment on here of uh, like a Tucker Carlson. I got to work on my impression of him or climb. Maybe should be you, but we really figure out how to work that in <laughs> because I've seen some TikToks lately that are just perfection. And I want to play the Star Wars. It's to blame for the cost of living crisis. You know, the CEO of Kellogg's came out the other day and said, why don't we just eat cereal for dinner? That would fix everything. And I think, and I think it's a good idea. Third eye open. E- evil dictator or mad genius? You know, if Donald Trump had done similar cloning techniques as Emperor Palpatine, maybe his empire would have lasted longer. We'll then, really then, he, know. then he could run the country from jail and out. Oh my God. I, literally, oh. that's the vibe I got when he was talking about Putin. That's just crazy, man. Um, anyway, yeah, cite your sources. Get it together, folks. Come on. Get it together, folks. <laughs> The fuck? Yeah, the fuck, man. Uh, and, and, and by the way, not only cite your sources, but these sources need to make sure they're paying the people who write up the articles. There's been some shit I've seen from writers AI. that I follow. Um, I won't name names because I don't know enough about it to name names, but I've seen some shit and it's like, you know what? Pay your people. Pay these people what they're owed. They wrote the articles. They did the work. You're contractually obligated to pay these people and you're not doing it. Anyway, has nothing to do with the Star Wars news. I just thought about that in citing sources. So throwing it out there. Long live the fighters. And we appreciate that. With that, we will take a most brief ad break. And on the other side, we're going to dive back into the bad bitch. You're listening to Reckless Rebellion. This resistance. I'm Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lahorn. And we are the hosts of 24 Minutes of A24, a podcast about the movie and television library of A24. This place rules. So come join us in the green room every single Friday as we review both past A24 projects and the latest talks of the A24 town. We've even heard of some people entering a state of euphoria while listening to us. So come on, come on with us as we talk about both the uncut gems and the A24 projects that are everything, everywhere, all at once. It's a guaranteed good time, even if we usually run longer than 24 minutes, which is basically every single time. We try our hardest to take some funny pages out of our podcasting book and A24 knowledge and live the high life here on the pod. So whether you're joining us in Midsommar or you've been listening to us all throughout your past lives, we can't wait for you to join us every week. Be sure to tune in every Friday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else podcasts are, and even YouTube to join in on the A24 fun. 11 A24 project references, man. We did it. And I think this might be the first time the pod has ever been under 24 minutes. We did it, Ben. We did it. Wow. And we are back. Let's send it right on over to Klein for our flagship topic. Yeah. We got to find Rekka. Um, it is time. Bad Batch Season 3 is continuing on. Episode 4 is here. A different approach is what this one is called. Jack, we have not heard your thoughts on the, I guess, premiere, Episode 1 mm. through 3. But before we get into anything at all, I want to jump in on some spoiler-free thoughts. What we thought 
of this week's episode, episode four. We'll jump right to you, Jack, because yeah, as as I said, you haven't gotten a chance to speak about the series yet. What have you thought about what we've gotten so far and up to and including episode four? Um, it's been really good. Uh, I'm, I'm not Put on the <laughs> overly excited or, you know, you know, pumped about this show. Uh, actually, yeah, Wednesday I woke up, went to work and I was like, Oh wait, Bad Batch dropped. Forgot about that. I'll watch that later. And I did. Um, the first three episodes, I, they kill it with the premieres. I, I, you know, I know Thomas, Thomas, Thomas announced, or maybe it was Klein announced my uh, scores for the each individual episodes last week. Uh, I thought the first episode was the best. Um, I, I understand there was a lot more intrigue and and plot and story going on in the third episode, but I just thought that first episode was so unique. It it reminded me a lot of the crosshair episode from season two where he was off on his own it's just like a very singular story walls and stuff yeah and definitely not definitely not as emotional or anything as that one but but it still it was there and laying the foundation for what was to come in the next two episodes i thought was great the second episode was very good um and the third episode obviously there's a lot to talk about which you guys did talk about great show last week by the way um this episode, what I like about it is that it feels side adventure while also furthering the plot. We're still moving, you know? Like, it's not just some, let's go do pod go racing, race. but not pod racing for the sake of it. <laughs> and literally nothing happens until like the final minute. And then it's not even that big of a deal. Because I think at the end of that episode, like there was some stuff going on with Sid. And it's like, where is Sid now? Is Sid ever going to come back? I don't even know. Wanda Sykes to come back. She was in the trailers. Wanda Sykes is coming back. We know that. But Sid? I don't know. Um, But this episode, like, I I almost got teary-eyed at the end. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who did get teary-eyed. But then it ends with, like, such a, like, oh, shit. So I like how they've been telling the story this season. There hasn't been really any, like... um, I hate saying filler, but you know, especially with Bad Batch, I think it, it qualifies. There hasn't been any filler side adventures for no reason. Um, it feels like we're going somewhere and telling a very specific story. Uh, I just wish they had done that for the entire show. Thomas, you were high last week. You were high on the show. You <laughs> yeah. were high on Bad yeah, Batch was. last week. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious! Um, what did you think yeah. about episode four specifically? I have only seen this episode once. I saw it Wednesday after a 12-hour day. So I wasn't cognitively fully present. Um, I really love what you said, Jack, that it is a side story that furthers the plot because that is what I was feeling. Um, I also was really feeling the, for the first time, the connection between Crosshair and Omega. Um, and I don't, I actually heard this on another pod. I think episode one was the first time Crosshair ever said Omega's name in the entire series. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but I, I thought about it. I'm like, he never really does address her. Like she shows up. And then after that, it's always about the brothers. He never really has much interaction with her specifically. So uh, it was really cool to see their connection come together. Um, there's a line that like there's it's just the way that their energy bounces off of each other back and forth and you can really see like 
every time Crosshair wants to dip out, he's like, ah, I can't do that. You know, like he's won over by his conscience now, which I really love. It's really furthering the character of Crosshair even more. Um, God, he's going to die. I can see it. But I, I don't know. I didn't have, I did not expect, I should say the ending. Like I was like, Oh, this isn't mm-hmm. like this is gonna be fun. It's whatever, and then it happened. The shot, like there are two shots. I was like, "Oh, that's a good shot." And then the final shot was like, "Holy fuck!" Like the the literal distance is beautiful. Oh man, it, it was gorgeous, and it ended, and I was like, "Wow, they're really doing it, man!" Like I'm, I ended the episode this, excited. This for isn't week. your father's bad batch. No, it's not. <laughs> it's your crazy uncles, and I'm here for it. Um, Klein, what did you think about this one? I thought it was another really good episode. I don't know if it hit the heights um, of the three episode premiere. Like, I think that this is probably lesser than those. I, it'd probably be similar to me in my mind of episode two. But like, as both of you said, I really like the narrative momentum that we have. It, this isn't stopping at all, at least so far. Like, it is. It is constantly you constantly feel the push, and even though we're on this other planet, we're doing this other thing, and we get up to hijinks for sure. It does. It does not feel like the Bad Batch of prior seasons. Like we're. It feels like a more mature story. It feels like we won't have any of these detours that we've talked about at length so many times. I'm really fascinated to see if they can keep this going uh beyond this if for the next if in however many weeks when all 16 are out and we're all done if we're feeling the same way we feel right now because it certainly it looks like it's going to be that way that every week is going to have some dramatic narrative crutch to to lean on and i'm Mm -hmm. really i really liked episode four uh and i'm excited to see where we go next but let's break down the episode beat for beat note for note Thomas, can we please yes. enter Star Wars territory, or not Star Wars territory, spoiler territory? This is Grand Admiral Mithra Nerodo, and beyond this point lie spoilers. Proceed at your own risk. Bad Batch Season 3, Episode 4, A Different Approach, the quote of the week. You're the one who wanted to bring the hound. Hound? A lot more key to this show so far than I thought it was going to be upon meeting him in episode one. We started uh, hyperspace. Batches are her. Batches are her? She calls him a her. She calls okay. him a She calls Apologies, Batcher. In hyperspace, where we start, Omega, Crosshairs, and Batcher, they're not doing all that well. Uh, the ship they used to escape, Tantus, it's sort of falling apart. I guess they've dropped off these other clones that they met in the jungle already and are now headed on their way to figure things out. They are forced to pull out of hyperspace as the ship is in disrepair and the escapees decide, you know what, we're going to land on this mysterious mountainous planet that they find. So they go down there, they head in orbit, and they land. However, the landing does not go as planned. Things are really falling apart. They end up crashing, are thrown from their crashed ship, And Omega and Crosshairs decide, okay, this ship is done. We can't do anything with it. We need to figure out how we're going to get off this planet. Let's go look for resources and hopefully find a way off. 
of this rock. We don't even get a name of it the whole episode. Back on Tantus, we jump away. Nalise has been imprisoned and Hemlock is pissed that Omega got away. He thinks that Nalise has something to do with it. It's like why we've been taking blood samples all this time and nothing's happened. And now all of a sudden, one of them comes up positive. What's going on? And Nalise is like, sometimes tests can throw false positives. And he does not <laughs> like that. He doesn't take that as an acceptable answer. Uh, he's seen the M count sample, which I mentioned, and is like, what's going on? Why have there been so many negatives before? Back to Omega and Crosshairs, this new planet they find themselves on is it's not the best place. Obviously, it is empire controlled and they need to do something about that. So they dress in disguises so they can kind of move freely about the planet. Something I did find interesting about this empire controlled planet is both of them. Yeah, they're in disguises, show their faces. And I mean, Omega, as we'll get to in a couple of minutes, like is pretty prominently featured in this city. There's no like call out for these for like wanted young girl that looks like this and clone <laughs> that looks like this. Because I, I feel like that would be a smart thing to do just to send to every empire country. You're at this point, the empire is doing pretty well. Just mm-hmm. a weird little note uh, that I wanted to touch on. They decide that the plan they're going to do is Crosshairs and Omega are going to get on a shuttle leaving the planet. Crosshairs. He had a different plan. He was like, you know what? Let's go blow it all up, take a ship and get out of here. And Omega's like, no, 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 no. That's going to be, we we can't do that. We can't kill these people, these people. So Omega comes up with a plan. No guns. She walks right up to the shuttle ticket counter and goes, one, one ticket or two tickets, please. And the person's like, well, where are your chain codes? I don't know. Must have left them in the other jacket, I guess, Omega says. And the counter, the man at the counter goes, well, too bad. No chain codes. No tickets. Sorry. And Omega, that little sneaky little bugger, she tries to bribe <laughs> this guy. And he goes, are, are you are you bribing me? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I am. And he's like, okay, 15,000 credits. She goes, okay, 15,000 credits. And then he says, a piece. And the jaw drops. 30,000 credits? What's going on? What are we going to do? I don't know. It's... Things aren't things are not looking great for the two of them. <laughs> I really love we'll really really quick. I oh, yeah, really love the interaction here. It's like, how are we supposed to find fifteen? Uh, on, uh, tick Hunter Ricky Beecher. How are we supposed to find thirty thousand credits? That sounds like a you problem. Like, oh, just fucking dick. Loved it. I was. I literally called out. I was like, what an ass. Jack, Are we stopping? Any thoughts on yeah, the beginning Jack. of this episode? Yeah, we can. We can. Sh- no, we can not Jack. not many. <laughs> no, okay. I, I mean, it's it's funny listening back to this. I was kind of like, oh yeah, that happened. Oh yeah, that little moment happened. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out, especially because I wasn't here last week. Um, Hemlock is a great villain. He's yeah. not your stereotypical. I love how soft he is. Yeah, and he's sci- he's a scientist. And I don't know, it's just a different vibe with him. He he brings a different um he brings a different element to the show that we don't normally get in like a Clone Wars, a, a Rebels, Bad Batch, like it, it has felt pretty standard in the past. Like, okay, here comes this Imperial, here here comes this governor and in this officer. It's like, all right, you know, same old, same old. Um 
and we'll get to it. But then there's another Imperial that doesn't feel like same old, same old. Um, and so uh, I think those are some of the biggest things that are standing out to me that I don't want to say it does it. An, it does this enough, but it, it is helping the show stand out a little bit um, and making these side adventures ha- have a little different feel to them. Even though we've seen this type of story many, many times in Star Wars, it's adding layers to these familiar kind of characters that we've seen before, yeah. right? It's, and it's, situations. It's, yeah, it's these. It's these typical. Oh, that's the bad guy. But it's like, oh, this bad guy has levels to him. He contains multitudes. He's like an ogre. He has. He's like an onion. Sorry, ogres are like onions, they have layers. I've seen Shrek before. Anyways, back in the city, Omega and Crosshairs, they argue about their methods. Crosshairs is like, if we had just gone in and shot everyone, it would have been fine. And Omega's like, no, no, we can't. We can't, Crosshairs, we can't do it. Um, Crosshairs, he's like, if we got to go in guns blazing, it's the only way. But no, Omega, she is hellbent on earning the credits the right way and doing this thing quietly. Her idea? She's going to hustle somebody to make the credits. <laughs> I don't know how much better that is than going in. I guess murder is probably worse than, <laughs> than gambling, but that's for Are the, we uh, sure? in the eye of the beholder, who, who I guess. Who finds that, Klein? She who is, who <laughs> said that she that finds is how this uh, works? a local, I think, Sabak game at a bar. Is it Sabak? It looks I like it. I don't know if it is Sabak. But it does have. Uh, I think they use certain sabot. Like also, art. I wanted. I want to tell the both of you. I want to be completely honest. There's no one actually listening to the show. I'm being <laughs> vulnerable here. I cannot tell you the level of disappointment in myself I had when I saw the cards. I'm like, oh yeah, that's sabot. Like I remembered that. I re- I don't remember our my wedding anniversary some days, but I remember the name of the game that Han Solo plays Lando at the end of the You're Solo. God movie. damn right you do. <laughs> I thought about that the other day. It's like, I can't remember simple things at work, but if you ask me to I've been, you know, count I've down married, the entire Marvel I've Cinematic Universe. I've been together with someone for a decade, and some seconds. days I go, what's her birthday again? <laughs> <laughs> Yet I know uh, what Sabak is and could probably tell you more than one rule. Like, that's <laughs> not okay. Anyways, um, at this bar, she starts playing cards, and things are going very well. She basically swindles what I imagine is the... Edward Norton, Matt Damon character from Rounders of this bar. He is the he is the shark. He is the king, and she like swindles him out of all of his money. He's like, "This kid, this is too much." Love the Omega with the ponytail look. I think she's like she mm, does yes. look a little more grown up. And then a group of Imperial soldiers come in. They go to the bar. They ask for a drink. The bartender's like, "Here you go." And the Imperial immediately, I hate this guy. He's like, "Busy bar in here today." Good day for you. Good day for me. Because he's obviously getting a cut of the pay. He's obviously, he's taking what he can, wheeling and dealing in his place of power. And then he sees what's going on at the table. Immediately, I think, oh, they've done what I thought they would do. He sees Omega. He knows what, like, he knows that she is from Tantus. I don't think he does. But he sees an opportunity. And so he goes and sits down and challenges Omega to a game. We then jump away a little bit. Meanwhile, an Empire Patrol spots the downed shuttle that Omega and Crosshairs stole and then crashed. That's just setting up for later that they, they know that this shuttle has crashed here. They have that information. In the bar, though, the Empire Captain continues playing Omega. She wins. 
and wins and wins and wants her winnings, which she gets, but not everything as it seems. The, uh, the Empire group, the Imperial group, asks Omega for a fee. They say, hey, you're new here. I don't recognize you. Have you paid your visitor's fee? Oh, you haven't? Mm-hmm. Okay, hand over some money, please. And she has to hand over basically everything. But they still managed to come up with the $30,000, with 30,000 credits that they needed. Or no, thirty. it's thirty-five. I think. They needed 30, but they have... They needed... They start out with 45, because she yeah. wins 20,000 off of the... See, I know the math. So uh, <laughs> she had 45,000 credits, had to pay the gambling fee of 10,000, I believe it was, or 20,000. Okay. 10,000, which brings them down to 35,000. Then they go outside and do that thing. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. right here. They leave the bar. They notice Batcher is gone. The pup has run away. And a young boy, everyone on this planet, out to make a buck, apparently. This young kid walks up to him, and I'm like, here we go. This is the Ben Schwartz character from season two. This is this, like, we're going to get this. I kind of like this guy. He offers to help, but he's like, only for a chunk of change. I want a slice of that pie, too. 10,000 credits is what he asked for, which Crosshairs goes, no, 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 no. 5,000. He goes, okay, they can do 5,000. So they still have the $30,000. He gives them information on where Batcher went. But Crosshairs doesn't want to go save the creature. He's like, let's just go. We like we can't go to... The, basically, the kid says Batcher is in a cargo hold, an Imperial station. It's the other way. Crosshairs says, let's leave him or leave her. We just, we can't risk staying here too much longer omega's like no i'm gonna go save batcher you can come with me if you want she is taking charge which i really appreciate this is like really her putting her foot down crosshairs decides to join omega reluctantly and they try to sneak into this cargo port of sorts uh hopefully to maybe save batcher in the process sneaking around which they do fairly well for a little bit the pair are then just like straight up spotted. The captain from the bar is there and he turns around. It's it's like me playing a stealth video game where I'm like sneaking around and I throw a bottle <laughs> over here to distract him and I hit the guy with the brick and then Dave with the AK-47 goes, what's that? And then boom, it's all done. <laughs> like it's just, it's, it pops off. Um, the captain sees them and he is not happy. He's basically taken Batcher and wants his money back. He says, you guys aren't here legally. Give me my money and go away. A standoff happens then. Omega, she agrees to Crosshair's proposal finally and says, light them up, fellas. And a firefight ensues. The animals, the first thing that they do in this firefight is unlock all the animal cages. And so there's a firefight happening and there's like emus running around and like all these weird space like Guardians animals. 3. It is yeah. like Guardi- exactly like Guardians oh Three. Where God. was the where was uh, if only Sabotage had started playing? We get a sick one shot of Crosshairs. Like that would have been so around. cool. Imagine <laughs> him just like shooting people. Just like oh my God. Yeah. Uh, so this gunfight happens, and Omega just like, hey, you want to know what they have at this cargo port? ships we can get out of here so she climbs aboard one of the imperial cargo ships and commandeers it while this asshat of an imperial captain gets eaten just straight up devoured oh yeah about by that. a giant octopus we don't even see the oh, thing's yeah. mouth the thing's open tentacles come out grab them 
and you know, maybe he's you know what this, that. I don't you know, know what this reminded me of. What does it remind you of? Um, the raptor, the, the opening scene in Jurassic Park, the raptor oh. scene, it's the same kind of crate and the guy gets like pulled in. It's not, it's you know not shot the same it way. Reminded but it, me it reminded me of, of that. what's that? I think the thing that ate him is a raptor. Oh shit. You're oh. totally right. From, from Force Awakens. Wait, time, Dude, time out. Yeah. Guys, you guys mentioned this last week, but like, I thought it was pretty much just confirmed based off the look. That was 100% a Sarlacc pit, but in a swamp last week. The, oh, it had at the, the end of episode everything. three when yeah, they're escaping? Or episode two when they're escaping? It, I, I think it was just a swamp version of it. Like when the, when the mouth came up, it's like that's the mouth of a of a Sarlacc pit. It was slightly different, I think. I was but, too busy taking Because well, of it, it's swampy, it was, but yeah. it, it's the same creature. It's the same species. Like I'm... I, I want to confirm that now. But Klein, before Klein, we continue to right. finish this episode, it is a Rathar, hundred percent. No way, that's two yeah. episodes in a row now. They had a start, or uh, you know, and kind two the weeks. The second in a row, I, I saw it, I'm like, what a weird callback! What a weird thing to yeah. include. But like, sure, like that is de- it's definitely a Rathar. Yeah, comicbookresources.com says it's a Sarlacc. So it's two weeks in a row now. They had a Sarlacc pit, but on a, in a swamp. And now a, a Rathtar. That's so cool. Look at Bad What's Batch. Coming, are we going to get the weird, like, I'm going to try and do the impression of the animal, the weird, like, thing that Obi-Wan rides in episode three, the, like, the one that goes like, Oh, you know? dude, <laughs> if, if that creature ever shows back up in Star Wars, I will be so happy. I love that thing. I want one. Or the creatures like from the Coliseum. Dragon. I've never seen those again. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think one of them popped up in Clone Wars. The Mantis, maybe. Mm. I would have guessed the. I thought the little the like tiger. the definitely tiger thing. Else. Yeah, yeah, he he showed up somewhere else. I forget where. I want to say real quick. I love this Imperial Captain. Um, Captain he's Man. just a gluttonous, greedy. Using his place of power, reminding exactly. me a lot of the guy from House in Ahsoka, just like like capitalizing on the situation oh yeah he runs the droid factory at the beginning yep. of ahsoka yeah like capitalizing on his place of power and just like doesn't a, give a shit about the empire by the way no not at all not it is he's in it for himself right and, and that's it, it, it's he wasn't just some bumbling bumbling idiot yeah he gets eaten at the end it was a rathtar but like he wasn't just I don't know. He he just felt different. There was some sort of unique characteristic to him. In this case, God, he felt like he was gross to look at. The animation was really good for him. Um, and it, it kind of reminded me of one of the Imperials from Andor, and I can't think of who it was, but like there's a moment where you see a bunch of Imperials who are just, you know, as Andor says, fat and satisfied. Um yeah, I, I I thought I I thought it was a nice like I think about Star Wars Rebels season one and there are those bumbling, ugh, Imperial officers which it was fine at the time I guess but it's like let's let's get some I don't want to say competent people but just make it different and, and this is one of those things and then the animals too literally Guardians three I didn't even put together it was a Rastar that's so that's great um, yeah this was fun I'm glad Crosshair got to show off a little bit. Yeah, I really loved uh, one of my favorite parts of this whole thing is like he's just angry the whole time. He's like, and then he leans in and she's like, we're doing it this way. And he's like, I would like to say and remind you that my skills are being entirely wasted. And she goes, noted. 
And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's going to be a fun callback. And so when it comes, it's like, I think we, you know what? I think we should do things your way. And he's like, hmm, finally. And then process is like, he wasn't talking. She wasn't talking to you. Pew, 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 pew. Fucking just John McClaning the fuck around, dude. I love it. Um, really, really enjoy how Batcher is like kind of, is Batcher my favorite Bad Batch character now? Like. I'm gonna be honest. Like I'm kind of leaning to. It was Gonky. Now it's now it might be bad. Yeah. How are like, they gonna interact with having two like amazing silly companions, yeah. with little dudes? Uh, <laughs> they're gonna be best friends. Gonky, Batcha is amazing. Uh have we gotten to Ryloth yet? Is Ryloth where the episode ends? Yeah. Okay, we are about to get there, so let's jump there. <laughs> Omega and uh, Crosshairs end up taking off in the cargo vessel that she commandeers oh, yeah. and jump to hyperspace. They get away with Batcher in tow. They saved the pup. Back at the crash site, though, from the very beginning of the episode, Hemlock arrives on this unknown planet, getting info about Omega and Crosshairs' escape from there. He's following them. The trail is cold, but he is on it still. Omega and Crosshair need to ditch the ship that they're in, as, of course, it being Imperial, they'll be able to track it very easily. And Omega sends a coded message to the rest of the batch to meet at a remote location for rendezvous. We then land, coming into orbit of a kind of derelict moon. As you said, it was it's Ryloth. It's the nearest moon mm-hmm. to Ryloth. It's where okay. um, I remember this from this, the first season. Yeah. Uh, now that you mentioned that, Thomas. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's so cool. Omega and Crosshair land to find Rekka and Hunter. The family is reunited. I did tear up. I, I can't believe I teared up, but I yeah. did tear up when she when they hold her for the first time and see her. But that family also includes Crosshairs. This is when I like I was welling up when they when Omega and them see each other. When they see Crosshairs for the first time, I was like, damn. Like this is it's mm-hmm. this is powerful can i as say something show, about this oh go, go ahead Clive. as the show cuts to black we get one final shot of uncertainty looking upon wrecker and hunter's face questioning who not really who that who that man is they don't know because it has been so long we don't know who where his allegiances lie the last time they saw him he kind of betrayed them can they trust their former friend we don't know that's the I end have, of episode four. I have mixed feelings about this ending. Okay. Go on. And I want to dive into it. Because Thomas, I know you'd be curious about this. Okay. Yeah. Me curious. So when it so I almost got teary-eyed when Omega was there. And I love that Wrecker like wiped away tears. Like yeah. he's not just oh, 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 so you, happy. The, guys, that's what I got cannot me. fucking believe the the emotional glow up that Wrecker right? has had as a character between <laughs> It's great. He is a different character. And I You know what it. was the key I moment? I like this one. I think was when Tech died. Tick. Yeah. Was yeah. when because yeah. I when they showed that in the recap before the premiere. I, I don't know what it was about Wrecker, but he like stood out to me during that scene. Mm-hmm. And and since then, Klein, I agreed with you last week. I was on the show to say that, but like I, I 
I've latched onto him emotionally a lot more. I think there was still a lot more potential they could have or they did have with him in season one, like when the chip gets turned on for a quick second and then it gets turned off and he's like, oh, sorry about that. I was like, that could have been a little bit more powerful. But here they're finally starting to, you know, dig into that. So that was all great. And then she sees Hunter and of course, Hunter, you know, Wrecker's the uncle, Hunter's the dad, you know, yeah. <laughs> like Hunter is is really the, her dad and it's so sweet. Um, and I love the line. I didn't even think about it till he said it. And it's kind of ridiculous. I didn't think about it, but he's like, we've been, you know, like this bad batch, these, these trained soldiers, we're doing all this to try to find her and she found them. And it's, yeah. so, it gives so much, um, Oh, what's the word? I can't think of the word, but it, it gives her, her character a lot of power, it, it, you know, in, yeah. in growth. And she's not she's not just the girl who was seeing grass the first time, like Rapunzel in, in season one. You know, mm-hmm. she was she's finally she's her a own member character. of the team now. She exactly. is as much a bad. She can handle herself. Every one too. of them. She can handle herself, and I yeah. truly believe she would have figured out a way. It may not have gone exactly the way it did. Obviously, she wouldn't have been able to kill all those people, but. I think she would have figured out a way to find them even without Crosshair. I, I truly believe that. Even if it would take a couple more years or whatever, a couple more months, whatever, I think she would have. Well, even um, think about think about the escape that we've gotten. Think about everything that's happened to her so far her. of getting off Tantus. Like Cross, it it hasn't been Crosshair's grabbing her by the arm and and whisking her away. Like mm-hmm. he helps in that gunfight at the end of this episode, but other than and that, like episode, yeah. It, it, other than that, it's it's been Omega. Like she yep. has been the, she's been the leader um, and yeah. he's following, which is, I think so cool. And I, I think they're building it up so that at the very end of this, we can, we can leave them and just f- start to follow her. Yeah. I, I agree with that because, and I really do love how we, we don't know shit about crosshair still. He's literally still just the gunman, which gets me excited for next week. We find out a little bit more, uh, and I'm talking like we don't know about him other than his in like who he is on the inside. He's, he's no, I know, the but guy. there's more there. Oh, with, yeah. With that shaking. Like, I, and, I'm and very, I agree with you. I'm curious like, because of the shake. Again, I don't think he lives. I don't think he makes it out at the end of, throughout the season. And I think it's going to be really intriguing to see where that goes. But in terms of the emotion, I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. And then I was like, I can't wait. Like when they see crosshair, I'm going to I'm going to lose it. And then they see Crosshair and they instantly start grimacing. And I was like, and I am no longer emotional. Holy shit. I did not think about this way. I didn't think that they would be as upset. Like, because the last time they saw each other, didn't he save them on Camino? Wasn't that the very last time he actually saw them? Before we answer this, Thomas, this is my point. This, okay. this is where I was going with this. And All so right. I'm glad. I'm so happy you bring this up. I so you up there, baby. You did. I appreciate it. So. The Omega stuff happens. And when Crosshair is there, I'm like, okay, is the, I kind of expected the emotional aspects of that scene to continue. I thought it was going to be like a very Star Wars animation at times thing to do where they quickly forgive him. Oh man, you know, we've had our issues, but you brought her home to us and, and like gives him a hug and, and that kind of thing. And they're crying maybe. And Crosshair's like, oh man, they accept me still, you know? And I'm sure we're going to get to that at some point. But no, that music fucking hits. And I believe it's still Kevin Kiner. The music hits and it's just like a haunting, yeah. uneasy feeling. 
And they and man, Wrecker looks fucking pissed. <laughs> He's so pissed <laughs> off. And I was like, oh my God, this is so good. But then I asked the exact same question that Thomas just asked. Wait, what's the last time? What happened with them the last time they saw each other? All I could think of was stuff with, from season one, and I didn't even know if that was right. And that's my problem. That's why, as great as that moment was, the show, like, I don't think that's a me problem personally. Like, you could say, yeah, Jack, you're the one who forgot, but like, it is your the problem. Fir- there's so you much problem. of those first two seasons that are, <laughs> it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Um, <laughs> there's so much, there's so, there's so much good stuff in those first two seasons, but there's yeah. also so much that is just so forgettable. And even those emotional moments, like I remember their last meeting with each other, at least even the last two were emotionally powerful moments. Like I, re- I remember talking about them with you guys or somebody, but I can't remember it. And it, it kind of pissed me off. It's like, man, this scene could have hit me even more than it already did. If I could remember what happened, if the, if the first two seasons were a bit more memorable. And I'm sure they were for some people, not to take away from them, uh, but it's just how I felt in the moment. That's why I was mixed. I'm like, this is really good, but it's also highlighting why the show has failed in the past for me. So that's where I'm at with this ending. Okay. I, uh, that's fair. I, I yeah, you, you've you've been more down on this series than I have. Like, I got excited for next week because next week's episode is titled "The Return." Well, I don't think I don't think and, what Jack is saying has anything to do with what is currently happening. It's less a season no, three problem and more of a season no, no, one. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's that's what I mean. Series overall, right? Like, like that's that's what I mean. Like it, it's uh, you've been down on the show, so that is carrying over to this moment, which I totally understand. I think um, it's a great I, moment, but no, I agree a, with you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great moment. I, I I took time to think about it. I was like, man, the last time that they saw each other was like he was saving them, right? I'm I'm gonna have to go back and look up a little bit more in season two and see if they did. I cross still couldn't tell you. <laughs> really? They just know they just know though, even if that's the last time, they know that he has been with the Empire. Because that's the last time they saw him was yeah. like he was splitting from them and I don't think was, they knew he was any sort of prisoner. No. So to them, he like, how do they, they have no idea. They don't know if he's completely turned. Like they have no idea where his yeah. motivation is at right now. And, and, and this is, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But it, I'm uh, with you, Thomas. I'm excited for next week. Holy shit. It's still a great moment. And I'm excited for what's to come from this in going beyond that. I, I don't know if they'll dive into this, but what the fuck was were they doing to Crosshair on in that facility? Like, I think we're gonna find out. I hope we do, especially because of the shaking in the first three episodes. I, I, I truly hope we do, and they don't just gloss over. It's like I went through some shit. Oh, buddy, that's sad. I'm sorry. Can well, you're I say with us now. something that is the most glowing praise I can give a Star yes. Wars thing? The ending yeah. of this episode, real Andor vibes. Yeah, just like the emotional complexity of everything that's at play and like the motivations and stuff like it felt like the ending of an episode of Andor, which I'm which I was not expecting at all from the Bad Batch season three, but I'm happy we got it. Mm hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think I agree. I don't think uh, I was doing some research. I don't think Crosshair has seen the Bad Batch since the end of season one. So that's about a full year since he last saw them. Uh, Season three takes place 18 BBY. Um, and oh, yeah, so, that, that makes sense. so like they know nothing about what happened to him. 
the la- it's just like you saved us and then you went back to the empire to do whatever the you empire You could be does. there with her as a hostage. Like we have exactly. They have it, no idea. Exactly. So like I, I didn't even think about the past when this happened. I just thought, oh shit, like they're literally because they tee it up with Rega tees it up with um, you know, oh, we didn't even know if it was real or if it was a trap, right? And so then Crosshair shows up, and now that's those alarm bells are ringing. It's so good that this season is so fucking good, and I, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm gonna be that guy because we are those guys. Well, I wish it was like this the first two seasons consistently, because yeah, having fun is great and all, but like, listen, listen, what I'm about to say, I don't mean it like Anakin Skywalker. I don't mean it like Jeffrey Epstein. Fuck the kids. I want this shit for me. I don't mean it like Jeffrey Epstein. Oh my god! Oh I don't. My god. <laughs> I that is, <laughs> make adult Star Wars animation. <laughs> I have broken the podcast. You that took me a second. Energy, baby. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, guys, it let's smooth, get out of right? here. Um, How many bad, bad batchers so, out of five are we giving this? Before we do that, I do want to look really fast. Uh, next week, we have episode five, The Return. After that week, we have uh, two. I think we're getting Assage next drop. week. Is the, we're getting what? It's called no. the, I think we're getting Assage. It's called The Return. It's not. It's not. A, I have friends who have seen the first eight episodes, and I was like, I don't want you to tell me what when. If, maybe your friends are liars. Thomas's up? friends quit lying to Thomas. <laughs> If Adam Blevins lied to me, I'm gonna be fucking. I'm gonna fucking lose Can't it. Trust him. Nah. Um, Bro, what if he but, did? But the the thing is, is because of what happens at the end of this episode, the return. It's the return of Crosshair to the family in the fold, which gets me super excited. But then the week after mm-hmm. that, March 13th, we get infiltration and extraction. Who oh my god, out? guys, guys, guys. Maybe guys. I'm wrong. Maybe the re- nice in unison. Fucking beautiful. That was amazing. Uh, the return might actually be that Omega and or Crosshair gets taken back to Tantis oh, because the, that. the week or, after get, is no, oh, shit. You're, right. and extraction. I don't think they get taken back to I don't think they get taken back there. I think they go back there. Oh. I think it's a willing Ooh, thing. Fuck. I see you. Yes. I love that because it's, you know, they, they bring Crosshair in. Then they talk about it and like, fuck that. We got to go save our brothers because Ome- that's Omega's main thing. We got to go back and save everybody. So that might, you might, I like that. They go back. Like that's that the too. return. The week after is the infiltration and extraction two-parter where they go in and they get the fuck out. That's amazing. Prison break for the Bad Batch. One way out. One way One out. One way out. Let's go. <laughs> God, I fucking love Andor. It's Can't so goddamn good. Oh, don't do that to me, Clyde. Anyways, do uh, Bad Batches. How, how many Bad Batchers out of five are we giving episode four? Jack? All right, we're going to take Wrecker, we're going to take Hunter, and we're going to take Omega, and then we're going to take one of Tech's limbs, and then take one of other Tech's Tech's other limbs and chop that in half, and you're going to get 3.75 out of 5 Bad Batchers. I hate how he does this. I hate it. We do quarters, man. We do quarters. Really fast. I thought you meant you were only going to take the limb itself, like... Okay, I'm going to take 0.25. Oh, I'm going to take another 0.25. No, I, I see what you're doing now. Yeah. Uh, your math is wrong, though. Uh, if you took two limbs off of him, 
Whatever, Thomas. I sorry. I don't think I'm he's sorry. If a like limb is a point two five, then that's it. You know, that's why you gotta you either bisect it or no. I I took it. I took it as a limb is point five, and then I took another limb and cut that in half and got point two five. So point five plus point two five is point seven five. Three point seven five. Sure. See what I did there. Um. So you only yeah. took one full limb off. It's fine. <laughs> no, a limb and a half. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You got one limb, and then yeah. half a limb. Okay, that's because what I'm one saying, limb though. equals 0.5. How can a limb equal 0.5 when you could just cut him in half and be 0.5? Because that's just the math I did in my head, Thomas. Okay, it wasn't, I didn't actually think Sorry. about the halves. Sorry. But anyway, solid 7.5 <laughs> out of 10. <laughs> we got there. We did it. 3.75 out of 5 bad math. I had to question the bisection of it all. I'm going to go with, after talking about this, I think I'm up to a 4, like an even 4. Um because I was th- hovering around three and a half, maybe 3.75, only taking one limb off because that's how math works. Uh, but but after talking about it, like and the where it ends, especially because it's it's like the NFL, right? It's like the end of a movie. What are you leaving me with when when it's over? And it was excitement and like just emotion, which is what I'm here for in these stories. So I, I I'm going to I'm at a four. I'm going to take all the living Bad Batchers right now. <laughs> R.I.P. Tech. Uh, I don't want to say R.I.P. Echo, but he's out I there. mean, he's fine. Bye, buddy. Hope you find Klein, how about you? I'm Klein, are you okay four. with my 0.25 increments? Okay, no, I'm not. But you do what you want to do. I'm not going to stop you from being <laughs> so the So would you rather you I be. do like 3.7, 3.8, 3. 3.9? No, thing, I would rather no you do it. It is a it is a 10-point scale to divvied up into five whole numbers. So – but point fives. I will just say the reason I do the Have you ever used an app is- called Letterboxd? That is what the scale yeah. is based upon. Okay. And that's fine for Letterboxd. I, Klein, listen to me. I'm saying like I'm the, not stopping you from doing it. You do. You be the – if you want to You're stopping me person. from explaining. I've tried this the second time. Now I've tried to explain. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Point two five. I like doing that. And I know I can still do it. Show? Uh, see, that's the third time. <laughs> I like doing that <laughs> because I like multiple. I like how it you can like translate. Very, you don't like to make decisions. Time. You like that's to be indecisive time. and you like to fledgle and just like so, sit in the middle and be a fence sitter. Are you going to let me finish? No. <laughs> I like the easy translation to a 10 point scale. So that's when I get I, the what I just point, gave to you, when I get the 3.75, I like how if I just do that to the 10-point scale, it's an easy 7.5 out of 10. You see what I mean? Math! I do see what you mean, I but I hate it. I fucking love math, guys. Like, it's- I'm, giving I like being able to, I'm giving it I like a being four. flexible. If That's you more flexible let than your know system, how wrong I can he is, where can you do that, Thomas? You can let Jack know how wrong he is at Jack Pews, J-A-C-K-P-U-E-S. That was really hard to spell. Uh, underscore, no. but yes. But you can underscore. I forgot that. Uh, fucking loser. You had it, though. You got the spelling right. That's important. Yeah, it was a struggle. I'm not going to lie. Uh, this I saw it in my head, and then saying it was hard because my brain is like, there's a seven in there. We're dyslexic as fuck. Anyways, uh, that's why I don't read. I listen to books. You can tweet at us. What is your <laughs> out of five bad badger rating? How do you cut your bad badgers in the morning? 
Tweet at us at Reckless Rebels, R E C K L E S S R E B E L S. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Leave us a five star review, preferably. And uh, let us know anything you got going on. I really fast love Twitter. Shout out Noeda Ruiz. Shout out. Amen. Shout out Daisy. Uh, she was Rick I Flair. I heard Daisy's name at a that's at a, a convention. One. Yeah, uh, that's Noe's uh, Noe's little little girl, and she calls me the broadcaster because we're always talking about cowboys, angrily texting each other about the cowboys. Hmm. It's a love hate relationship, you know. It's real bittersweet. This this fandom I'm fucking losers. I had a uh, little girl when I was a morning show host call me the morning announcements. That's what I was known as. I was known as the, the morning you know, announcements. Like, like school. Yeah. yeah. Like so, you're on in the car every morning. Like, yeah, I, I guess. Like, sure. That makes sense. <laughs> that's adorable. Uh, Jack, where can everyone find you on the social medias? You can find me on Twitter at Jack Pews, J-A-C-K-P-U-E-S. I guess it's not underscore Thomas. Now that <laughs> You had it right the whole time. No, Ooh, I, I got into my routine of saying it. Who? I thought of underscore because I was thinking of Instagram. I guess you can go find me on Instagram. I, I, I've never really plugged that before, but that's the same thing, but an underscore, underscore in between J- Jack and Pews. Um, and, and yeah, just tell me about how right I am, about how that I actually am flexible with my rating system and how I can translate to a five-point scale, a 10-point scale, whatever the fuck I want to do because it's that easy when you multiply. Um, recommendation for the week, go see Dune 2. Boys, I do have to go. I'm in a rush. Unknowingly. I love you. Unknowingly. And thanks for having me back on. That's what happens uh, when you're engaged. It's true. She's out of town, but that's true. Um, Dune 2 next week. Can't wait. Fuck you too, Klein. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Klein, where can everyone find you on social media? You can keep up with me over at the TheKleinFelt. T-H-E-K-L-E-I-N-F-E-L-T. Doing a lot of stuff over on the direct.com as well. I've been pushing more and more from the website on my Twitter, but head on over to the direct, see everything um, that you need to know about the universes you love, including Dune, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, everything there is under the sun. This one, Aura Rackus's uh, recommendation for the week go watch Shogun on FX. It is great, it is fantastic, it is an amazing television show, and I cannot wait for the next episode other recommendation i'm sure madam webb is still in theaters so go watch that <laughs> boo <laughs> you can find me <laughs> have you seen it no i oh. have not do you plan on it no let's go no. buddy i boycott sony's spider-man movies like after carnage 2 or whatever it was called uh, venom 2 carnage whatever, right. whatever the fuck. actually let me rephrase that doing it. Oh, i boy. will not pay to see it if it's on netflix okay in a week it feels at this point <laughs> judging from how <laughs> the box office is going i'll turn it on i'm curious okay. i gotta okay. see it um yeah you know keep the keep the rolodex filled in the, in the brain but yeah. am I going to go? I actually did think about going and spending money on another movie and then Ooh. just going into a Madam Web showing. That is smart. That's old fashioned right there. Um, I am not going to see the Madam Web in theatres. I am going to. I potentially will watch it when it comes out just because I've heard it's it's laughably bad. Right. As opposed to Morbius, which is just bad, bad and not funny at all. And I'm like, okay, um, 
I love the movie The Room with Tommy Wiseau. I did not hit her. I did not. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Uh, I'm, I just, I cannot do his accent anymore. I lost it. Anyways, you can find me on the Twitter sphere and all social medias at TC Rochester Act. T-C-R-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R-A-C-T. My recommendation is to go watch Avatar The Last Airbender, the live action series it encompasses all of book one it is really good um i want to talk about this more but no one has seen it and the people who have seen it have shows that um i've not been invited on so that's a bummer um i've come on change that guys uh i've I've talked to my old roommates who talked me into it uh in case little little anecdote my old roommates we lived on a house called uh on a street called sedgewood our group chat is sedgewood for life and everyone's nickname in our group chat is a character from avatar the last airbender um i'm Sokka. one roommate mikey he's a very large human being and he's very hairy he's obviously appa um Bev, her, she's Momo because she is, I don't remember why we named her Momo, but she's just fits the personality. And then Matt, uh, who's married to Bev, his is Ember Island Toth because he's always just out here going, Aah! just to fuck with his wife, Bev, which is amazing. So that is that is like how core it is to our, our group there. Um, and I got to talk about it with Appa a little bit and he pointed out some things and I was like, you know what? I that thing, I didn't even bump into that because that's important because of this thing that doesn't happen. They cut that out. They don't have the time for it. And I don't really bump into that. I bump into this one little thing. So like, I really want to, I really want to talk about it. And my Amazon is talking to me. So I guess she's telling me to wrap it up. So, um, Avatar, the last airbender. Absolutely love it. Go see Dune two. Holy fuck. Um, Klein, Klein tomorrow buddy i'm so excited i'm so excited 30 a.m i can't wait get some breakfast in me and then go and hang out with a sandworm for two hours i think i'm gonna wake up watch dune as soon as i realize like find out what time it's gonna end i'm gonna pick the earliest showtime i can go to right after and go right into dune too because like fucking a man i'm so excited for you and with that Brings us to the end of the episode. Oh, good old fashioned sentience and droids. We love you. We thank you. Remember, the force is your ally and a powerful ally. It is. We have spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. This was podcasting. Yippee. May your knife be sharp and your dune be sandy. Happy weekend, everyone. But in all seriousness, who is Baby Yoda's mom? <laughs> Which I don't want to dive into that until like like let's say that for the acolyte primer, like well, that type of stuff for the primer. Uh, I don't want to wait for all. I know, I know, but let's let's do it because we've gone into primers recently, <laughs> and it's like we've just Austin's talked Creek. about all this shit. That's fair. That's fair. That's very fair. I will say, um, shout out the month of Dune. Right, we get two month two months of Dune this year, basically. 
I'm well, making fun of the fact that June is Dune with a letter moved, and I'm just like, <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? J- we should call June Dune because this is going to be fucking epic for people like us. The Boys, House of the Dragon, Acolyte, something else. I'm not it's remembering. The bear. Something. Something has to move. That, something one I haven't read. The There's the, no the way that watched. all releases. It Are you kidding me? Acolyte to like Dude, July. No, There's last. We had Andor. We had. Um, That's 22. House of the Dragon. Different the months, boys. a month apart. The boys. No, was they more, were overlapping. The no, they they, were, they, they were overlap, but they had different start dates. Andor was pushed to September. House of the Dragon started uh, August. Yeah, like but a month apart. what I'm saying is they overlap. They're not all starting on the same day. They're all. I know, but all June. within June. That that's a that's a big difference. If you're starting a week apart, two weeks apart is a lot different from a month. Look, as a fan, I love it. I'm just saying from a business perspective, especially if I'm Star Wars and the Acolyte, where House of the Dragon has a huge audience. Rings there. of Power was also on. Rings of Power was also that so was also that, August. That's why Andor moved. So Andor literally did the thing. I'm saying the Acolyte. Rings of Power shout out. Season yeah, that was a happening. great show. Yeah, it's definitely it's so much better than House of the Dragon, right? Lisa, yeah, Lisan yeah. Al Gaib. Yeah, it's so. If we're, I don't know. I'm just thinking about Dune. <laughs> I don't know why. When you when I'm thinking, try and think of the Dune music, all I can hear is the do 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 of the Wonder Woman theme song. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Let me get you. I got you. Ah! Oh, there we go. <laughs> I tried to lean back and turn the game down, but I, I don't think I did good. 